0: of that special education classroom that seems to be the last resort for a child who is struggling to find their place in the school. That's exactly why I've brought Sam to the Special Education Inner Circle podcast. I'm your host, Catherine Witcher, and we're going to tackle some of the tough topics that come around that special education classroom that feels like the last resort. So Sam, thank you for being here today. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, this is going to be a great conversation. So, um, tell us what's your role at the IEP table?
1: Absolutely. Um, I have been a special education teacher for seven years now. Um, I've worked primarily in the self contained setting, um, specifically with students with emotional and behavioral disorders. Um, so, that's kind of my specialty. I uh, will be transitioning into a new role as a behavioral consultant uh, for my corporation this coming year. So I'm very excited about that transition. Um, I mean, IEPs are my thing. I know a lot of people dread them. A lot of people don't like writing them. And, um, you know, there's just something about um, putting together the supports and programming for kids um, that really comes to light when we all sit at a table and we all talk about what's best for that student and and really put it into that one workable document.
0: I am in love with that kind of description (laughs) from the inside of that. If anybody gets emails from me, uh, you know, when I'm talking about IEPs, I always sign it with hope and determination always. Yes. And like, that's what I'm here. I'm like, yes, like you're hopeful and you're determined and there's opportunities, but your classroom when when we first met you were like my classroom's kind of like the last resort and i was like yes like i knew exactly what you were talking about when you said that because there's a perception of this last resort classroom so describe a little bit to somebody what that might mean
1: yeah absolutely i feel like we we get so many students who who their needs are really diverse um the, their behaviors are extreme and we really come to a point and we say we ask ourselves, what are we doing? Where are we going with the student? What is best for this student? And, you know, when we talk about that self-contained placement, honestly, that's a really good support for a lot of students. However, it is really viewed as a here's the last resort kind of uh, kind of mentality. Um, and, and I feel like for our program and our classroom, we really wanted to put a spin with parents um, and put a spin with the team that this isn't a last resort, that we can really look at this as a fresh start. Um, I think when we look at those self-contained placement um, supports, we can really, really hone in on what that student needs, what supports look like, really focus on those relationships with that student, but then how can we transition those supports out into that general education environment? Because ultimately, when we talk about those self-contained placements, we always want to move kids back out into that least restrictive environment, where are they are the most successful? And so I really felt that it was a, um, it was my job to educate parents that, This is not, um, this is not the last resort. This is not the end. This is a new start. It's a fresh beginning where we can figure out what works for your child and really get them to be successful and, and really, you know, maximize their potential
0: yeah and a lot of times you know you brought up the term least restrictive environment i love it we love to get a little nerdy with all of our jargon around here so everybody you know least restrictive environment lre right so we talk about this you know in a way that general education would be less restrictive and self-contained classroom would be more restrictive but there's many times that a self-contained room gives more freedom gives more independence it is the least restrictive because the child can learn this independence at a whole different level without maybe some of the things that weren't going so good when we were, you know, had a classroom of 30 kids and, and things couldn't be individualized. So I love that you say it's not the last resort. It's a fresh start. It's not a dead end. I know something else that... Um, is close to your heart is this concept of relationships with children. So let's just go there. Let's go there because there's a lot of things like you scroll Instagram and everywhere. Everybody's like relationships first, you know, all the other things that we think about school that needs to come second. So bring it.
1: Absolutely. I I feel like I'm going to debunk the the relationship stigma right now. And you know, being a self-contained teacher and really working specifically with students with those with the behavioral disorders, we know relationships are key for them. We know relationships empower students. When we think about a lot of our students who come from diverse backgrounds and specifically trauma, I mean, what the data tells us is that the more positive people we put in a child's life, the more likely they're going to develop resilience um, and really kind of um, not overcome the trauma, but be able to kind of work through that. Um, I think what has become skewed is that we are using a relationship as a form of classroom management. And and I really think they can coincide together um, and we don't have to keep them mutually exclusive from each other. And and for Actually, I feel like that's kind of what's been um, brought about is that we, you know, we can't have management without relationships, um, but that's just really not true. We can have both of those and building relationships with students is not a classroom management um, strategy. And it's really, really important that we have both of those in our classrooms. Um, and, and I hope educators, um, you know, feel empowered that I can have a management strategy in my, in my classroom. I can hold high expectations for my students, um, but I can still have that positive relationship with them that they need.
0: You know, I, I can picture right now that somebody who's listening to this, they're in their car, or they're in their classroom, it's a parent or a teacher, and they're thinking, I've done all the things that they told me to do. I did the positive relationship things. I i had lunch with my child or with my student. I've gone the extra to make sure I had these deep conversations. I've made sure we've had preferred activities. This this is just isn't working. And I want that person to know that there's more there's more options that that it's not that either or exactly what you're saying like I love that because I'm seeing so many people um, just feel defeated because they're focused on the relationship and things still aren't going well it's because there's another piece
1: right absolutely. Um, I think when we think about building those relationships with students sometimes then we often forget about ourselves. Um, as teachers, and and really, we as teachers are really that important aspect and that important piece in keeping the classroom flowing. Yes, we can build relationships. Yes, we want what's best for students, but we also really have to reflect on ourselves: what relationship am I having with myself to keep going in this environment, or to you know keep being the best for my students? Um, and I think you know. In, the, um, in where we are um, in the political um, fields of education, that's really important right now for educators. Um, we're burnout, we're tired. Um, the standards are increasing. Um, the expectations are there, but you know, at some point we really have to reflect, you know, I can be so much for my students, but I also have to be so much for myself as well.
0: So how do you convince yourself as a teacher that like, today I did good enough, you know, like, I need to go, I need to set this boundary. Um, I know you you say something to the effect of that you have to give them your best and not what's left, but that requires boundaries. And then boundaries is one of those words that people hear, and they're just like, you know, it kind of feels like self-care. Like, seriously, like I say all the time, bubble baths don't fix IEPs, yeah. you know, kind of thing. So, but you're, you're talking about this um, in a different way. Like, what is some, like, a practical, like, you're just like, it's the end of the day, but you have to convince yourself, I, I did okay.
1: Yeah. Um, as we as teachers, we are our um, biggest critic. Um, I say educators are one of the best known professions of individuals who care so hard to be about students. However, we are our biggest critic. And and that's problematic for a lot of us, um, because that's when we get into that mindset of, oh, you know what? I haven't done what I needed today for the student, or well, I didn't, you know, get to this part of the lesson, or this really didn't go as I planned. And and really, we engulf um, our job into our personality um, and, and into our self worth. And I think we have to be really, really careful that um, we displace our um, job from our self worth as a teacher. And um, you know, there's no there's no handbook. There's no guidance document about how to do that. And so, you know, we read these, you know, read these blogs and read these, um, you know, I post and I've totally done those that, you know, say things like, you know, you should do X, Y, and Z to take care of yourself and um, all this stuff. And, and really that kind of comes from within you you have to be okay with what you've given to your students you have to be okay with the job you've left at the door um i think it's really hard because a lot of us carry our jobs home with us and that was the biggest struggle when i first came into teaching was I was carrying my job home. I was carrying the traumas these kids had. Um, It was really affecting uh, my mental health, um, you know, my emotional levels. And and that was really kind of pouring back into the classroom. Um, There's no strategy, there's no X, Y, and Z answer for how to, you know, create those healthy boundaries. But we as educators can say that they're just really important that you really find a way to kind of disconnect from your job um, and determine that, you know, you are different from being a teacher. You are also a person first.
0: You know, that that speaks volumes too to our, our special education parents who are listening. And, you know, I know that they're identifying as, you know, I am you know, my child's parent and I'm a special needs parent and it's all the IEPs and all the doctors and all the things, and they lose themselves in that role with that extra label of, you know, special education, special needs, disability, you know, whatever's going on in their family. And it is so important to disconnect and And to uh, everybody who thinks that we all have it figured out, the ones of us that talk about it, or we look like we have it all together on the outside, it's a conscious decision every day. And it can be a struggle Mm -hmm. on more days than others to make that happen.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, one of the one practical strategies I think I've I picked up and I continue to do to this day is every every day I end my day and I say, you know, we reflect with the team, you know, you know, our whole team and, you know, what are two positives that's happened today, what were really influential pieces or parts of the day, and what is something that we can improve on and I think outweighing what are those positives over things that we can improve on is really a mindset that we need to have as not only special educators, but any sort of educator, but also parents as well. Um, You know, we have to we have to give the best of us, um, you know, whenever we're coming into this job every day.
0: Absolutely. So for me, when I'm transitioning out of work mode into, you know, life mode, life outside of work mode. um, I have to have a transition activity for myself. Like we use that term all the time for students, but it's really helpful. Like, so I have my planner and I have figured out that if I put my top three things that I need to get done the next day and I do this brain dump and it's out of my head and onto paper, I can then close the planner and move on. Mm -hmm. But if it's constantly swirling in my head of all these things that need to happen, because the end of the day can get rushed. The end of the day, you're like, I've got these loose ends. What if I just work for another hour or two hours or three hours? What if I just spend, you know, for the parents who are doing the research, you know, what if I just spend 15 more minutes on Google? What if I just call one more? What if I just jump into one Facebook group? At some point you have to, you know, get it out of your head. And for me, that's writing it down with Mm -hmm. a physical pen and paper into my planner and saying, and I'm going to do this tomorrow. It's not over. I'm not done. It can continue, but not right
1: now. Yeah, absolutely. And that's just really hard for us. I mean, that's really switching, switching the mentality. And I think a lot of teachers then kind of feel that guilt um, that they're not. And that's kind of where that guilt piece in. I'm not doing enough. You know, I should be working. I should be doing X, Y and Z this evening. And, And we really have to be mindful about how we can take that guilt away from us and really be okay with what we're giving students. Um, and what we're giving our classroom or what we're giving our school. Um, because when we, we don't do those things, we don't set those healthy boundaries. This is why we're losing teachers to the profession, um, unfortunately. And, and we're just going to continue to spiral down, um, down something like that.
0: Uh, I hear you. For everybody <laughs> just nodded their head and went, yes, 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 yes. I want to encourage you to actually send me a message. Um, we've got something that is brewing behind the scenes that at The time that this is being published, I can't even announce it yet uh, with that. But if you um, are struggling to stay in the profession, if you are a teacher who is struggling to stay in the profession, if you are an administrator, a therapist, um, somebody who's on the school IEP team, that, that school part, and you're just like, I don't know if I can do this. My heart wants to, but I don't think that I can. I want you to send me a message and say, I heard that podcast. You told me to reach out. Please do that. So on that note, we got one other thing that I want to make sure that we talk about and, um, letting go is not a failure. Tell me what your thoughts
1: are on that. Absolutely. I, I mean, when I think of this, I really think of two concepts. Concept one, a lot of times when we get students who come to programs, um, you know, we get students who were just not meeting their needs in a certain environment um, or a certain placement We have to be okay with letting go of that student. Um, And for so many of us, you know, we, these students are our world. And so when we feel that they're moving on to something else, moving on to a, a different placement, moving on to a different environment, we feel that it's a direct reflection on us, that it's a failure on us. Letting go is not a failure. And for many of our students, letting them go means they're moving on to a different environment, a set of supports, a uh, different placement that can better meet their needs, which is ultimately our number one goal for the student. How can we make them the most successful? Um, and also in regards of letting go, um, we as teachers have to let go. we um, you know we've talked about this, but we have to be okay with the job we've done each day. Uh, We have to reflect and be okay that I've given my all, I've given my best. It might not be 100%, it might not be 80%, but that's okay, and let go of that.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great thing to keep in mind, and I'm I'm trying to remember it myself. Um, You know, quite often I have to do that whole, like, come on you're 100% on one day. You know, might be equal to to 80% the next day, but that was your 100% for that day. There's other factors that are happening. It's a continuous. If there's there's no, you know, this is 100% and I can do this day after day after day because life is ever changing. Our role is ever changing. The demands are ever changing, which means that what 100% looks like is ever changing. It's not less, it's different. Yeah. Uh, so all right, let's give some positive reinforcement <laughs> to our, to our um, teachers and our parents who are now, you know, looking at their place in the decision that they made may not have been the best decision and they've struggled. They've tried. They've had 99 IEP meetings. They've adjusted the accommodations, the modifications. They tried more IEP goals, less IEP goals, more relationships, less time. I mean, like so many different things. And the bottom line is it's time for a change and everybody is feeling some level of devastation it's just it's hard what do you say to that to the to the parent and the teacher who are just like it's time and we don't
1: like it but it's time absolutely I I feel for so many people that the concept of education is really ingrained in their head that you know I'm I'm in it I'm in a classroom I'm sitting at my desk I'm engaging in the lesson um, you know completing the work and and really there's kind of this um, this stigma of what education looks like and I think to be successful in um, allowing parents or allowing you know other educators um, to see how education can look differently is showing them that how can we show that these parents that this is kind of what this this kind of education or this environment might work best for this student. I think if we start to change that stigma of what classrooms look like and how it doesn't have to be a typical classroom or it doesn't have to be a typical environment for a kid to be successful or feel successful, I think people will start to be okay with that. Um, and I think that comes from people advocating, people, you know, special educators advocating that, you know, we can do this in our environments. Um, It doesn't have to look typical. Um, And your child still has a chance to, you know, move back into that general education placement or move back to wherever they need. And so I really feel like a lot of it is changing that stigma. There's been such a stigma for, you know, 30, 40 years about what special education looks like. And we actually think about what special education looks like today. It doesn't look like that. However, people still have that stigma that that's what it actually is.
0: Uh, Yeah, they do. It's something we definitely need to change. I want to encourage everybody, um, I have a free download for you at iepchecklist.com. It's 12 questions that you can ask before your next IEP meeting, and that's going to include some placement questions. It's going to include some of these areas that we've just talked about. It helps you organize your thoughts. It is for parents and for teachers. It's the tough conversations because that's what we're having today. We're having a tough conversation of the reality of change is hard and and in doing this the right way feels scary and it feels like it's a lot. Uh, So you are not alone. Go hop over to iepchecklist.com and then Sam, we're going to make sure that everybody has all the links so they can find you and follow you and get all these amazing strategies. I know that we're going to continue the conversation with you inside of our special education inner circle members only event so make sure to find the link for special ed inner circle here and uh, sam i just want to say thank you for being here today and bringing some some of that hope and that light to a conversation that feels very dark on some days and and i appreciate just who you are and what you're doing in the field
1: yeah, thank you so much, Catherine. It's been so exciting. And I just, I love talking anything about special education. <laughs>
0: We're obsessed. So, yeah. all right, everyone, we'll talk to you next time.